Good morning, everyone. Good morning. That's loud. <laughs> and uh, my AV person is away today because uh, my car is dead. Um, very sad. No, it's not dead, dead. Um, <laughs> I, I went to... Um, Gosh, can somebody just grab the two white knobs that are at the back, or Scott, if you want, or Dwayne. Uh, just the master volume, if you could just drop that slightly, it's the two white knobs on the right there. Just a little bit, please. Yeah, and so um, yesterday, I went to start my car, and I was going to a conference, and um, so you guys can go like this. Go like this for Dwayne. Go up or down, down, down. Um, so I went to a conference yesterday, and that's probably good. Thank you, Dwayne. And um, uh, today's teens conference, I was going with the uh, Youth for Christ volunteers and staff. That's the upper deck here in town. And uh, uh, but a friend of mine got a hold of me on Saturday night and said he said he had movie tickets. And he said, "Are you going to the today's teen conference? And would you like to go to see a movie afterwards?" And I thought, "I'm old. Um, I have two sermons to do in the morning. So wise me was like probably not a good idea." But then the other part of me is like, well, he's one of our camp leaders, and so it probably is the right thing to do. So, so I said, sure. And so anyways, I went to go and pick him up, at, or I was going to go pick him up in Selkirk and then drive on to Bramley. And uh, I went out to start my car, and it went... <laughs> <laughs> and I went to start again, and went... <laughs> that was it. So I was like, oh, gosh, this is not good. So I had to message him, and... He had to come from Selkirk to pick me up, and then we went in. And so this morning, um, I had to take Beth's car, so that's why she's not with us today. But uh, she was very kind and gracious and actually asleep when I took her car. So, um, yeah, but uh, she already anticipated that that's what I would do for today. So we will find out this week. Um, I was showing Scott that uh, my car turned over 300 3,333 kilometers, and I got a picture of it at that moment. So if you're a car nerd, you appreciate the moment of pulling over and taking the picture. But anyways, on to bigger and better things. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, thank you so much for today. Uh, thank you for the beautiful sunshine. Uh, thank you for the warmth of this fellowship and family of faith that we're part of. And I ask you bless this time together. Father, pour out your spirit amongst us, and may you inhabit our praises as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I'm a car nerd, and I did uh, appreciate that. <laughs> uh, call to worship this morning is a uh, responsive reading of Psalm 100. You'll read the part in yellow. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. First hymn this morning is number 221. All praise to our redeeming Lord.
Uh, for our announcements today, I want to start with reminding you that we have this wonderful announcement list that Serena has printed out for us and prepared. So please make sure you have that. Stick it on your fridge or wherever is the most convenient place to remind you of the things that are coming up and happening. Um, as you can see, we have our Bible study will continue on and we're looking at questions of the beginning and that will be on Wednesday at 10.30. And then uh, this week, at our Lenten service, right after that, at 12 noon at First Baptist Church, is going to be a fantastic speaker. Um, he is uh, also extremely humble, and uh, um, no, I'm going to be speaking at First Baptist, and uh, looking forward to it, and would love to have any or all of you that are available come and join us, and it will be a great time together. And so that is on Wednesday at 12, in advance to be able to put them all together for us. Um, I'm not going to highlight any of these things in March yet because we're still in February. Is there anything that we specifically need to also uh, be aware of for our announcements? All right. Well, of course, to remember the importance of giving to the work of building the kingdom of God through our tithes and our gifts and our offerings. And so you can do that either through the plates at the back of the church or online on our web, uh, through our email. And so uh, let's take a moment and thank God for the tithes and the offerings. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. Father, we ask your blessing over these tithes and offerings. We ask that you would multiply them, Father. They would help us to be good stewards of all that you've given us. And we thank you for the privilege and the honor and the calling of giving to building your kingdom. Father, bless each one we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our next hymn is I Am Thine, oh, oh, excuse me, My Jesus, I Love Thee, number 79. <laughs> Please stand.
be seated. As we come to our time of praying for one another, I wanted to uh, provide an opportunity for you to share with one another if there's any other things that you would like to about uh, either our prayer requests or praise items. Uh, I will start with the one that Marlene reminded me about or let me know about today. And uh, remember that uh, Joanne Castleman and her husband James, they uh, are friends of ours and uh, certainly uh, Joanne attended here for a while. And, uh, but they were out skiing on the weekend and unfortunately uh, about an hour in, James broke his leg and um, so is uh, going to be um, needing to go around with a walker for a little bit and uh, fortunately Marlene had a second one. And um, I know James, I think, well enough to really want to tease him badly about that. Um, but uh, certainly, unfortunately, in the meantime, he is in pain. So we'll have to wait till he's out of pain. But certainly pray for his healing and for relief for, from pain for that. And, uh, but yeah, and, uh, but I will tease him about the walker eventually. Don't worry. Uh, and, uh, but what about the rest of you? What's going on with you folks? What are the challenges and what are the joys that you have in your life these days? We are so thankful for the prayers and the good work that you have. Mm. For the health care and the hospital and the patients. Great. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Teresa. Yeah, and maybe for those who are new, you could explain who Sherry was. Someone like his mother. Who was she to the church? Tell us a little bit. All right. Maybe somebody else. Okay. Nice. She had all the ideas. Nice. Yeah. Okay. It's good for us to remember these people that have been so important in the life of the church and in the, our lives as well uh, once in a while. So thank you for mentioning that too. Yeah, for sure. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you today, and um, as it is this uh, reminder of Sherry, we continue to pray for those who, who miss her who grieve her loss, Father. Pray that you would comfort them, and Father, that they would be encouraged uh, in remembering her legacy and what that meant for this church. And Father, for any that are uh, finding today to be a tender day for them, we pray that you would comfort them. Uh, Father, we thank you as well uh, that we can be here together. We thank you for the sunshine today. We thank you for uh, the fact that we've had such great weather for driving and clear roads, and what a blessing that's been. Father, I pray that uh, you would indeed be with James Castleman and you would bring him, you would speed healing for his leg. And uh, Father, we pray that you would just watch over him and Joanne together. We continue to lift up, Father, all of these people that are 
on our prayer list, and we pray that you would be with them and be with each of them and give them the strength we need, they need. Uh, Father, for Les Craig, we pray for healing for him, as well as for Tim Topham. Father, for Dorothy Burns and Shirley Dingman, we pray that you'd watch over them and meet their needs. For my mother-in-law, Evelyn Kay, that you would be with her and help her each day. Father, for Rochelle Boyd as well, we pray for continued uh, strength and healing for her. Father, we thank you as well for the praise item that Teresa shared and the care that they've received from the family of faith and also from the people in the hospital for Fred. And we continue to pray for healing for him. And Father, for all the things that we carry within us, for the highs and lows, for the joys and the challenges, Father, from the week that's been and for the week that lays ahead, we lay them at your feet. We thank you that you are good and you are powerful and you are loving. And so, Father, we ask that you would just take all of our cares and you would address them. Father, for the places in this world that are having difficulty and trial, we pray that you would be with them. Father, for where there is war, we pray for peace. Where there is hatred, we pray for understanding and love. And Father, help us to be your hands and your feet. Speak to us today in the message we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, our next hymn is Now I Am Mine, O Lord, number 552. Please stand.
Thank you. Please be seated. Scripture reading this morning is 1 Peter 4, verses 7 to 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you <coughs> should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Thank you so much, Scott. Well, we're going to continue on in our series on making a difference on the word in us and us in the world. And although during this series we are working through 1 Peter, um, I'm not going to be covering all of it in our scripture readings that we have, so I would encourage you to take the time to read all of 1 Peter. It's not that long. It's, it's a letter that Peter wrote, and it's meant to be read basically in one sitting, right? That if you write a letter, it's not like you just have these little ideas that you just kind of stick there and kind of mush them together and think, okay, well, there we can just send it out. No, you, you have a, a big thought that is the whole thing and how it all works together, right? So you, that's what Peter did in his letter. He wrote this letter to a people at a certain time. And so take time to read through it. Don't miss any of it because it's good. So what does it mean for us who say that the Bible is the Word of God, those of us who read it, is it really going to make a difference in our lives? Does it make a difference? Right? If we look at the church, just look around, and the Bible is often right here. And that's not an accident, because we believe that the Bible is central. Right? It's in the center spot in the church. And it's central to us as the people of God. It doesn't make a difference in our lives. Does it make a difference not only in our life, but also does it make a difference in our family? Does it make a difference as well in the world? Right? If it's making a difference in us, are we making a difference in the world because of the Word of God being in us? It's an important question because that's what the world is looking to see. Does it actually make a difference to follow Jesus Christ? Because it should. And there's a world out there that really needs people to make a difference in it, right? And so asking the question each week, does it matter? And if so, how does it matter? Does it matter like in the day-to-day? -day? Does it matter in the minutia of life, the little things? Or is it just in some big things? Does it matter when only when we're in the church? Or does it matter when we're outside of the church? Does it matter uh, and make a difference before coffee or just after coffee, right? Like, <laughs> right? Is it consistent in our lives? Does it make a difference? Does it make a difference in caring for others? That's what we're going to explore together today. 
And as Scott read, it says, so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. And maybe you hear that little phrase and you go, in all things? Um, all is a very big word, isn't it? It's, it's a lot. When we think of the word all things, it might seem kind of intimidating, a little bit scary, right? That we think all things? I know my life. I mean, I know that the, even just this past week where there's things where I'm like, oh, well, I don't think that that would necessarily glorify God when I was behaving that way or, or talking that way. And not even the stuff that's not necessarily bad, but it's just not bringing him glory like it should. And then sometimes we're kind of like, oh, I look at my week, I look at my life, think, man, in all things, that's an awful lot. I don't know about all. What about some? You know, I, I could do some things, right? Um, you know, some of the time, sure, I, I bring glory to God in what I do. At some times, you know, there, I bring glory to God. I'm good with that. And in some things that I do, but all? All's a very big word. All is everything. All is a lot. And that can feel very daunting, right? It kind of feel like, whoa, how am I supposed to do that? It seems like it's impossible that all things should bring glory to God. How can we do this? Maybe that's your question this morning. How can we do this? Well, Peter wrote, the end of all things is near. And that's a little bit scary too, isn't it, right? If we stop and think about it, the end of all things things. We don't like to think about that possibility, do we? But if we look at the early church with the disciples, the reason that the Gospels were not written immediately is because the disciples actually expected Jesus to return in their own lifetime. He said it won't be long, and so they're like, okay, see you in three hours, right? Or, or, or three days, or three weeks, three months, three years. Three decades, then people started to die, some of the disciples. And so they said, we better get this written down. Better get the words of Christ written down, the stories of Christ written down. We don't know how much time will pass, right? Jesus, while he was on earth, said that he did not know when he would return even. Not the angels, not himself, only his Father in heaven knew when he was coming back. Are you ready for the end of all things? Are you ready for when Jesus will return? That's a question that Jesus is constantly saying to us. Are you ready today? Because Jesus could return in the next three seconds. He didn't. He could. We don't know when that time is coming. And so are you ready? And that's a challenge with time, isn't it? It's not just about when Jesus is going to return in actual fact, for each individual. How much time do we have left? How much longer are we going to be individually on this earth? Because the reality is that we could have a heart attack and be gone like that. Right? We could be driving just fine on the highway, but some other idiot comes along and... And it's a, oh, hi, Jesus. Right? Like that moment. Oopsie. Are you ready? 
And as we start to reflect on these things, it can be helpful. Because in that, we start to refocus on what really matters, don't we? You guys know I have some collections of things. I have my M&M's collection, right? All the dispensers. Uh, the people over, uh, some people over at Eden, actually, they were in Vegas, and they, brought, they went to the M&M's store and brought me an M&M's beach towel to add to my silly collection of, of these crazy things that I have. Um, I have some Star Wars paraphernalia. Um, you guys heard about the lightsaber and things like that. What really matters, though? That's the question, right? When we're faced with these questions of when Jesus is going to return, when we're faced with the questions of our own mortality, we start to refocus about what really matters, maybe what doesn't. And Peter helps us out in this passage. He says, be alert. He said, love each other deeply. He said, offer hospitality to one another. He said to serve. And he said to speak. So let's unpack this together. Uh, first of all, he said, be alert and have sober mind so that you can pray. Other translations might say, be of clear-minded. Be clear-minded. Um, recently, I think I've already told you folks, um, in the past year or so, I am fairly certain that I have ADHD. Um, it, uh, I started watching, um, or I just was watching different little video clips, they call them reels, and it's funny because they'd have something and they would say, oh, this is somebody with ADHD and making, making a funny video. And I'm like, well, I do that. Right? And then I'm watching another one and I'm like, oh, that's me. Oh, that's me. Oh, that's me. Oh, that's me. And so, I mean, for me, that was really a, a really a good moment, right? Some people might be concerned about that, but for me... It was kind of like in the movie when they have that massive safe, right? And they, they've very carefully listened and they've turned the tumbler and you hear the first one clunk into place and then the second one clunks into place and then the last one, maybe in like an Indiana Jones where they've got all the little tumblers, they all go clunk, 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 clunk. And everything falls into place and the door opens. You go, oh, yeah, there I am. <laughs> it was one of those kind of moments. Having a clear mind is not always easy for a person like me. You go to count sheep at night, and it starts off one, two. Well, that one's cute. Oh, look how fuzzy that one is. Oh, that, pa uh, that fence needs painting. Oh, who's going to cut the lawn? Um, you know, like, this is my mind, right, all the time. So it can be hard. But God will help us out with this. You have sober or clear mind. I think sober also includes that if you have some addictions in your life that you need to deal with, then get the help. I mean, I think that's one of the things that I love about where our culture has shifted is that we live in a time where you can actually get all kinds of help and that the stigma is getting reduced on these things. So if you need help, get the help. Don't be ashamed. Talk to the people that can help you. There's so many good help. So be clear-headed so you can pray and ask God for his spirit. Sometimes that's, that's one of the things I think as a church we kind of get messed up is that somehow we think we have to muster up the ability to do these things in our own strength, but that's never what God intended. God said, I have my spirit to help you. Just ask. Just ask. 
And sometimes we have to keep asking, right? If we've had a lifetime of building up bad habits, oh, bad habits. How about scrolling? Have you guys heard of doom scrolling? Doom scrolling is a neat one. It's when, when people pick out their phone and they start scrolling through their feed, and it's bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. What does that do to somebody's mind? Right? Not helpful. Even the funny stuff or the, the innocuous stuff, if we're just scrolling all the time, what is that doing to us? It's been a few years now, maybe five years or so ago, People's average time span, or excuse me, attention span went from about three minutes down to about five seconds. Do you know what the difference was? Three minutes is about the length of a commercial on TV. Five seconds is about the length of a reel or video clip online. It's telling, isn't it? How we're being shaped. What are the things that are shaping our minds that we need to actually kind of let go, get rid of, to be clear-headed, to be clear-minded? Is the stuff that I'm, I'm putting in there actually helping my relationship with Jesus or hindering it? Those are questions we need to consider. And Peter goes on and he says, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Now, some people misunderstand what Peter is saying here and think that, oh, that just means that oh, it doesn't matter if you sin, we'll just sweep it under the carpet, right? It doesn't really matter at all. You know, we'll just love you instead, right? We'll show you lots of love and we won't worry so much about it being sin. Everybody sins. It's okay. Sweep, sweep, sweep. And in the Bible, it tells us that we need to speak the truth in love. And the problem is that often we kind of lean to one side or to the other side. You know, sometimes people are, are quick to tell the truth, but they forget all about the love when they say things like, you're going to burn in hell, right? And that's a little harsh, isn't it? It may be true, that's where they're headed, but where's the love? And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have people that are all about the love, but they forget about the truth, right? Oh, well, God loves you. Everybody sins. It's okay. What about the truth? We don't get to decide what truth is. God has shown us what is the truth. It's his word that we go by. Because if we can't stand on the word of God, then everything else becomes subjective. As soon as you go away from the Bible, everything becomes subjective. So we need to take the Bible as it is. Look at how Jesus treated people. Jesus was our perfect example. I love the story of the woman that was caught in adultery, not because of what happened to that poor lady, but it's a great example of this. The people that are over here on the side of just sweeping it under the carpet, they go, look, Jesus didn't condemn her, which is true. Jesus showed her love. But on the other side, Jesus also said, go now and leave your life of sin. We need truth and love together. 
Peter goes on to say, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And we can do the hospitality thing, but sometimes it looks a little more like this, right? Ugh, I have people over. I've got to vacuum. I've got to sweep. I've got to like make things pretty. I've got to like get all my laundry off the couch. I don't know what your situation is at home, right? So it's such a nuisance. And oh gosh, I don't like even having people in my home. Maybe, right? Maybe that's some of us. A grumble, grumble, grumble. Um, I don't know exactly how it went down with Martha and Mary, but let's have a little bit of fun with it. Um, so Martha, right? You know, Jesus and the disciples come, and Martha's working hard on everything, and she's like, oh, I've got to get all the food ready, and I've got to get everything cleaned up and swept, and you know, take the dog out the back door and whatever. And this is Carl's paraphrase. And so all this stuff going on, and then she looks over at Mary, and Mary is just sitting there with Jesus. Ugh! Lord, can't you tell my sister to come and help me? Grumble, 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 grumble. Offer hospitality without grumbling. Now, maybe your home is not a place where you want to have people in. And that's okay. But can you let them into this space? That's hospitality. It's welcoming people into your own personal space. It's about caring for people. It's about extending that part of yourself to them. You know, if you don't want to have them into your house, go out for coffee or a pop or something. Go visit in the park. Offer hospitality to one another without crumbling without focusing on all of the, oh gosh. Use whatever gift you have received to serve others. And there's a few things that are going on in this sentence here, in this statement that he makes. First of all, he, Peter is implying that everybody has a gift, right? It can be easy sometimes to think, oh, I have nothing to give. There's nothing special about me. And that is a lie right from Satan. Everybody has a gift, especially if you ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life and take over because he brings one with you. It's kind of like Christmas. He shows up and goes, here, here's your gift. Maybe it's just one, right? We remember the story of the talents, right? There was, everybody in that story had at least one talent. There was one talent, five talents, ten talents. And just like in that story, one day we will appear before Jesus and he will say, what did you do with the gifts I gave you? What did you do with them? And we will be responsible to answer that. Our gifts may be money, right? Maybe you actually have been blessed with money and so you go and you give generously or you give secretively. You get up in the middle of the night and you drive over to somebody's place and you drop an envelope with some money in their mailbox or something. Uh, maybe... It's a talent or a skill that you have. And you can use that for somebody else. Maybe it's just simply your time to be with people. Maybe you have some artistic talent. Use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Peter goes on to say, speak as the one who speaks the very words of God. And again, generally, I'm not talking about 
you all deserve to go to hell. Like, not like that kind of thing, right? Maybe once in a while God is calling you to be that direct with somebody. But think about what Jesus was like. Jesus was kind. He was compassionate. He told them the truth, but he did it in love. That's the kind of thing that we're called to. The way that we're called to treat people, help people, speak the truth of God. There's a world out there that needs hope. We have hope that no one can take away. Speak the very words of God. Sometimes it means that we need to actually tell people that truth that they need to hear in their lives. If you keep going down this path, there are consequences. This is what's going to happen. I love you. I care about you. Here's an option. Here's a better way. Here's what Jesus offers. How can we do all of this? Sounds daunting, doesn't it? That's a big list. That's a lot of stuff. Remember, if there is anyone that you love and want to see their life changed, if there's anyone that you want to see saved, I can guarantee you that there is somebody who wants it more than you. And that is God. It's God. And God will help you if you ask. You ask Him for His Spirit to dwell in you so that He speaks through you. Do you know what a conduit is? A conduit is basically a tube, right? And things go through it. And we are conduits of Jesus. We are conduits of His Spirit. We are conduits of His love. We are conduits of His Word. We don't have to create anything ourselves. We are just the ones to make it go from there to there. And God will help us if we ask. Because as Peter said, we do it with the strength God provides. And sometimes I think this is where we mess up, like I said earlier, right? Is that we think somehow we have to do it with our own strength. Oh, I'm too tired. Oh, I'm not smart enough. I don't have this ability. I'm not an evangelist. We can make all sorts of excuses like Moses did, right? I've got speech issues. We don't know exactly what they were. Might have just been a cheap excuse, but he gave him Aaron, so I'm saying probably not. Maybe a speech impediment? Possible. All of us have our challenges, but God is greater than all of them. And he will help us. Remember, God wants this even more than we do. And so that the purpose of all of this is not so that we will be amazing. It's not even technically so that we can fill the church, although that would be nice. It's so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. So when people see you and hear you, they see the love of Jesus. They experience the hospitality of the Holy Spirit. They hear you speaking the word of God. And they see you serving with his love. And when all of that happens, their first response is that they praise God because of who you are and the fact that you are different because of Jesus. Because as those who follow the word of God, we should bring glory and honor to God. That should be the main purpose of our life, 
in whatever we say and in whatever we do. It's funny that sometimes people, they know this, right? They know that Jesus wants all of our heart. We know this, too. And as a matter of fact, we know that Jesus wants all of our obedience, too. Jesus actually wants all of us, every part of us. And maybe that's a little bit scary at times. You know, there's something in us that kind of goes red flag, like, hang on a second. And part of that sometimes is the voice of the enemy, because the enemy doesn't want us to give it all over to Jesus. And to be honest, our flesh doesn't either. Like, our, our human nature doesn't want us to do that, because we like control. We, we need control, right? Because we're afraid it might actually be all about control. And we're told in the world that control is a good thing. And we're, we're terrified, maybe, to give up control. When we hear that God wants control, the first part, person that's against that is Satan. Satan doesn't want to give up control of our lives. right? If he has a little foothold somewhere in your life, and you're not giving control over to God, maybe that's because Satan's like saying, don't do it. You're happy like this even if you're not, right? He lies. Um, your habits are okay. We're good. Don't do it. And then there's our selfish nature, too, who's also saying on the other side, don't do it. We like control. We're, we're groomed in this culture, in this society, to keep control. Our selfish nature doesn't want to give it up. And so between the two of them, there's this image painted of God that God is like some kind of puppet master who if we give him all control, he's going to just make us into boring, stuffy, lifeless robots. And there's a little part of us sometimes that will believe that lie. But it is a lie. Control is what the enemy wants. And control is what, our, what we want in our flesh, right? It's so much easier when I'm in control. The world would be perfect when I'm king, right? There's a little voice in our head, our queen, that might say that, right? Or maybe you live that way. I don't know. Do you rule the roost? Possibly. And if you don't believe that our world is based on control around us, go driving. And just feel free to ignore the stoplight, right? Especially if there's a cop around, you will find out that our world operates on people being in control, right? Red means stop, green means go, yellow means go faster. I mean, caution. Um, and so, right? Control is what the world wants. It's, as a matter of fact, it's what the world measures too, right? As my, bumpers, my favorite bumper sticker I said last week, whoever dies with the most toys wins. control. Oh, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder so I can have more control. It's what the world values, too. And then Peter comes along and he writes this letter talking to us about the importance of humility and submission and giving up control. And it's a little bit scary. And it's scary because there's not only the voice of the enemy saying, don't do it, and the voice of our flesh, there is also the voice 
of experience, sadly. We've seen others with control, haven't we? And it hasn't always gone well. People abuse control. They use it to cause damage in the life of us and others. They demoralize people when they have control. They destroy others and their things with control. We can look at wars to see that, right? Maybe you've been the victim of the control of others, whether they were classmates or teachers or employers or politicians or parents or spouses or ex-spouses. And some of those people we should have been able to trust, we think, and yet they took that control and they abused it. And so there's that little voice that says, if people aren't trustworthy, why would God be? And yet he is. God is trustworthy. Because people are flawed by sin, but God is not. Right? People with sin flaws their motives and their choices and their decisions. But God is not impacted by sin. God is not affected by sin. God is different. He is holy. He is just all the time. And he is love all the time. And yes, it's true that God wants control of your life because God wants the best for us. And he knows that if he leaves control in our hands, we're going to mess it up. If we put control in somebody else's hands, they're going to mess it up. It's kind of like exercising, right? We know that exercising is good for us, <laughs> but it's not the easiest to keep doing, right? It takes discipline. It takes commitment. But if we do that, we have the experience of, oh, I actually feel a little bit better. This actually might be a good thing. And the world around us looks in fear at all of the things that are spinning out of control. And I think that the answer, more and more, to all of our problems, really is Jesus. Giving him control. There are those who would want to have control. There are forces that are working against us. There's the enemy and there's our flesh. But God will provide the strength that we need if we turn to him in prayer. He will help us to surrender our control to him and to be instead filled with the love of Jesus, to show the kind of hospitality that he calls us to, to help us to speak the very words of God and to serve with the strength that he provides so that people see us and hear us and they praise God for who he is and how he's made an actual difference in your life and in mine. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus really does make a difference. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we don't like to give up control. It's not easy for us. Because Satan doesn't want us to do it. Our own flesh likes to be in control. And Father, most if not all of us have seen it 
sorely abused or experience those who have abused us because they were in control. Father, remind us that you are not like any of them. You are holy, you are just, and you are love. And you are trustworthy with our control. So Father, help us to give up control to you so that we can care for others and truly be like Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Our closing song together today is number 435, God of Grace and God of Glory. Please stand as we sing together. The longer I live, the more I'm convinced that the answer is Jesus. And surrendering control is the way forward. It's the way that we can become more like him, completely like him. But it's not easy. But let us turn to him who gives us the strength and the courage to live out a life like Jesus Christ. And so go from this place in the name of the Father 
in the Spirit and the Son. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.